in association with the Agri Health Network, it's time for That Farm Life podcast, Planting Hope, Harvesting Strength. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. It's about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between, because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now, here's your host, a farmer, a former agri-business owner, and also the pastor of a Southern Baptist church in Arkansas, Archie Mason. Well, hey, folks, this is Archie Mason, your host of That Farm Life Podcast, and we are here today. It is our 100th episode. When we first started, I thought there's no way we'll ever make that. So time has flown by quickly. It's been a lot of fun. I hope that you have uh, enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed our podcast, maybe it's been listening for a while, we encourage you to subscribe. Hey, and go to our website. We try to keep that updated. There's also some uh, recommendations on there. You may be going to some things in life, and we want to try to help you any way we can. We just deal with the stress and strains of uh, farm life. And so if you live in the rural community, maybe you're a row crop farmer or a rancher or maybe whatever, you understand it. I know uh, I got some steers I'm raising, I'm feeding out to butcher. A guy called me a day, said there's opening the processing plant. He said, you ready to bring some? I said, you know, honestly, I see them every morning in the dark. I don't even know how big they are now because I feed in the dark uh, out there. So I said, I'm going to check it out. So, I mean, really, that's just life. It's how we we work, we move. And so we are here for you. Hey, we got a very special guest today, uh, Dr. Blanche Smith. She's a, she is a vet. Uh, she has a practice, uh, very successful. It's a mobile practice also. We're just going to talk about a lot of things in life. So Dr. Bland Smith, welcome and thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Archie. I'm so excited to be on your 100th episode. Yeah, it is. I, it is a, uh, like I said, I can't believe that. And so uh, looking forward to all the things that we're going to uh, discuss today. Hey, as always, you're busy. We want to honor your time, so we're going to jump right into it. So, uh, Dr. Smith, uh, tell us tell us about yourself, your family, where you grew up, uh, how you know how hey. you became a vet. Yeah, um, I'm a sixth generation cattle producer. I grew up in Kansas. Um, my business name is Broken Elf Veterinary Services, and the Broken Elf portion is my family brand. It's one of the first and oldest registered brands in Kansas. Um, and it's still registered in Kansas. My grandma signed it over to me a couple of years ago. So I'll keep it registered there, even if I never run cattle in Kansas again. It's just really cool to say that I'm the fifth generation for such an old brand. Um, so my history within the cattle industry is very deep and rich. And that's something I'm really proud of. And it really allows me to connect with my cattle producers on a different level then sometimes other vets that don't have that um, cattle background can connect with. Um, so I um, went to vet school in Grenada in the Caribbean, it's about 100 miles north of Venezuela. Um, was an amazing experience. The, if you're ever looking for a vacation spot, go to Grenada. It's safe. Um, I lived there for three and a half years by myself. Um, never felt unsafe. A couple of my best friends now live in, were born and raised in Grenada, and I still talk to them. And um, so then I graduated in June of 2017. I opened up my own mixed animal um, and exotics mobile practice in um, Southwest Arkansas in September of 2018. Um, fast forward to um, 
April of 22. So I had had my practice for three and a half years and I have two brick and mortar locations that are a little over an hour apart from each other. Plus I still provide um, mobile services. So my practice has grown a lot more than I ever thought it would in such a short period of time. Uh, You are one busy doctor. Uh, I can tell. (laughs) In that sleep is sleep is for the week. Is that it? Well, I I had a friend when I was in the consulting business, I had consulting business, and I would say, man, I'm so tired. And he would always say, the world is run by tired people. I'm like, okay, well, maybe so. Hey, so were you a beach person? I mean, are you you just a person that likes the beach, the Caribbean, and stuff like that? So I actually worked for one of the vet schools as a tech. And every time I walked in a room at that point in time, um, I because I taught fourth years, so... I could be in a room with 10 vet students that were from four different schools in five minutes, tell you where they were each from. And St. George, which is where I went to vet school, stood out every single time. I could walk in and be like, you're a St. George kid. And they're like, yes, I am. Hey, were they wearing flip-flops? Were they wearing flip-flops? Is that what it was? No, no, they weren't. (laughs) It was just, it was a joke. It's a bad joke. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Uh, it was how they interacted with each other, their hand skills and being able to draw blood, um, their communication skills. It, just all of that was really superb over the other schools at that point in time. I know since then, um, some of the schools have revamped, so I'm not discrediting their quality of education or anything like that. But St. George for me, because I had worked for seven years in the veterinary profession, um, as a tech from doing research to high-end clinics, slowing clinics in a university before I went to vet school. So I had a lot of clinical knowledge, but I didn't have the anatomy and physiology behind why is it this way or whatever. Um, okay. And at George, for me, the way that they taught was most of the professors had actually worked in veterinary medicine. So um, we got a lot of, this is what the book says. It's what I'm going to test you on. This is the gold standard, but you might really see this in practice. So yeah. it's really helpful for somebody with that kind of a clinical background that I had to be able to um, tap into that case that I saw five years before. And like, well, why did they do that? Or why did they do that? Or whatever. So for my learning style, it was a lot better. Um, and also they were very accommodating to me having ADD. Um, okay. So I wasn't diagnosed until I was 27, which is pretty odd. Um, so it's been a definitely a struggle all the way through life and learning how many aspects of life ADD affects from your personal life and relationships to being um, atyp- atypical neurologically, being neurodivergent, all of that kind of stuff. So. Hey, well, help us. Okay. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. So you're you're very educated. So let's talk about how how you know working uh, with that, how that affected education. You know, maybe how you had to change, uh, maybe how you studied or whatever. How does it affect you in your work today? Because uh, like I said, you're busy and you know, and got two practices. You're married, uh, so you talk about relationships. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, let's just help us. 
Help us understand that. <laughs> so anything that could not go right in life has probably been my way. <laughs> so, um, people are like, oh, you're so organized. I'm like, oh, bless your sweet soul. I'm on a roller coaster that's on fire that's about to fall off the track. But you think I'm organized, <laughs> bless your heart. Um, but it's a lot of figuring out ways that are fail safe for me. So um like I use a phone system um, that my clients call into, all of the calls are recorded. So if I forget something, I can go back and listen to that phone call instead of calling that client and being like, oh, I know you told me this, but I forgot. So for me, that's a lot better way to keep track of stuff. Um, I use Google Calendar that my staff puts all my appointments in. Um, and we use a couple of other apps, communication apps um, that help keep me on track and having good staff um, really decreases my stress load a lot. Okay. So like, for example, like your schedule through the week, whether you're in the brick and mortar stores or you're out, you pretty well, maybe the, the evening, the day before that morning, you kind of roll in and go, Hey, they go, Hey, this is what, this is what you got today. And you just kind of move mm-hmm. from one to another <laughs> quickly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I, certain appointments get delegated a certain amount of time, and my staff has that as guidelines. Um, and there's always things that you're working through and trying to improve. Um, so we and we practice very differently than a lot of vets. Um, most of my appointments are at least thirty minutes. Um, so we actually sit down with clients, and you know we're talking about fluffy. Well, fluffy's a little on the fluffy side. So we need to have a conversation about that and what are you feeding and why are you feeding that dog food? And, you know, are you looking for recommendations? Well, Fluffy needs to go on a diet. So let's do a nutrition consult and figure out how much you need to feed Fluffy so that Fluffy can get it at a better weight. Because if Fluffy is a body condition score of five throughout her lifetime, she's going to live about two years longer. So having that information provided to clients, it my client compliance is really high, but it goes back to if your doctor told you to eat two pounds of broccoli a day, just because are you going to do it? Yeah. I wouldn't be motivated for that. No, no. But if your doctor said, if you eat two pounds of broccoli every day and you're going to have quality of life until you're a hundred years old. Yeah. I'd be motivated. A little more likely to at least consider it. You might not do it, but the thought process is there. So the kind of education component for me and my practice is something I wanted as a kid. And that's why I practice like I do. You know, I read that on your website. I'm glad you brought that up. But that's one thing you do highlight is that you do spend time. You're uh, well, I had a friend the other day talking to me. We were discussing something for the future. And he made a comment. He said, I'm more I'm more interested in the relationship than I am what the future maybe us working together and something would be. And I thought. Well, that's really good because I didn't even know if you like me or not, you know. So yeah. here, here's the thing. That's how you, your practice is. It's about relationships. You're very relational. And so that is well, that is awesome and good. Yeah. Okay. So how I had a does... client yesterday that brought in a chicken and their four kids and they were at the clinic for two hours because oh, wow. the area, they just needed that connection. So those things are really important to not only connect with their animals, but also people. Yes. Okay. So. You, you kind of share what it's about to clink. So how long you've been married? Uh, and then if you don't mind, I mean, I don't, I don't, you don't share anything. I don't want to share, but your relationship with your husband, 
and, you know, how you guys relate to one another. I've been married for 34 yeah. years, you know, so uh, we've had a and we dated, you know, years before that. So we kind of know each so, other, but, but you and your husband, tell us about that. Uh, my husband's name is Justin. He is, I really couldn't say that I could find a better fit for me. Um, he hundred percent supports me in everything that I do. Um, I chuck wagon race and that's actually how we met. Um, I met at Clinton in 2009 and we've been together since. Um, so, so you were at a chuck wagon race. You were, yeah, you're I running a chuck racing. wagon race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were racing. Yes, I drive a team. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. Okay, go ahead. So everybody's got a little hidden redneck in there despite <laughs> if they don't. <laughs> uh, so we dated, and um, while we were dating, I was actually out of the country going to vet school, and he was probably my biggest cheerleader as far as if that's really what you want to do, do it, and I'll be here and wait for you. Um, which I can't say that there's really any other guy that would be like, okay, you want to go to vet school out of the country, go do it. And I'll wait on you. Like that really doesn't happen. So I'm very, very fortunate for that. And then in building my um, vet career and the practices that I have and like um, the building I'm in right now, we bought in um, May or in April of last year. And he's actually the one um, building my cattle pens for me. So mm. He's a hundred percent involved and helps me in whatever crazy idea I come up with and need help with. He's there to, to he might shake his head, but he's going to be there to support me for it. So I'm very fortunate for that. We got married during my fourth year of vet school in, um, in August of 2016. And, um, so yeah, wow, pretty wild journey. That is a wild journey and, and started with the chuck wagon race. So, uh, <laughs> I, I've shared this. Some of the audience has heard it. My my wife was a barrel racer, so I saw her at a at a barrel race. She was uh, getting ready to run. We were back in the back, and I was like, "Man, who is that?" And the guy told me, "He said her daddy will kill you." And I said, "I don't want to date her daddy. I want to date her." You know, and, and so pretty interesting. Okay, hey, tell us this too, Doc, if you don't mind. We do want to highlight your clinic and your practice, not what you do, but okay. So you you weren't diagnosed till the you know until the age of twenty seven, so you were older. What are some things that, you know, that went on in your life that, that if you don't mind sharing with us, might help someone out there who maybe they're suffering sure. from discouragement or something. I mean, yeah. uh, kind so, of walk us through that journey. Something that a lot of people don't talk about too is um, failures. And um, I was actually in vet school um, in 2011 um, and actually failed out of vet school the first time I was in my first year. And then I set out for six months and then went to SGU. And that was a lot better fit educationally for me. So during that time when I failed out, I thought that, you know, I was dumb and just didn't understand or whatever else. I needed a system that worked better for me and professors that were taught more in the way that I learned. So if you have that incidents where maybe you fall on your face, get up, dust yourself off, find another avenue. If you want to do it, you're going to find a way to do it. So um, between failing out of vet school and then um, I failed the national board test a couple of times, which is something nobody else wants to talk about. Um, But those are all things that are things that happen. And I remember when I 
um, failed out of vet school and then failed the national board test, I really felt like life was ending. And um, I got really depressed. I was on the edge of being suicidal, um, but found resources that helped pull me through that. And one of those was my husband. Um, But there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. So don't the suicide rate within veterinary medicine and agriculture is astoundingly high. And we need to do something within our ag community to provide those resources and let people know that they're not alone, that just because you have that or you're in a, you know, a dark cloud and a storm, be stronger than that storm. You are, you just have to find that within yourself and surround yourself with people that are going to be there for you. Wow. Hey, you know, most folks will not be as transparent as that. So uh, <laughs> thank you. I mean, for I'm sharing very that. transparent. <laughs> you know, thanks for sharing that. You know, there's light at the end of the tunnel and uh, working through. And you're right. In agriculture, there there is a, there's a lot of discouragement. There's a lot of things that happen. And so good stuff. And folks, I know if you're out there listening to, again, you can go to our website. Uh, we do have some recommendations. If uh, you're in a dark storm right now, you'd like to visit with somebody, we'd love to talk with you. So feel free to do that. Hey, Dr. Smith also. Okay. so. Here you are, very successful, rolling along, married to a great guy, you know, uh, all this. Tell us, uh, so why is the mobile clinic and then spending time with your people, why, why is, you know, was a mobile clinic the first part of your practice or did it come after brick and mortar or came together? I mean, just explain the why of that. So started out in September 2018, being mobile, 100% out of my truck. Because I wanted to spend money on my equipment and not building and staff. So I wanted to start with uh, mobile x-ray and ultrasound, um, which are both extremely expensive pieces of equipment. Um, and then as I grew and started getting to where my cash flow was better, um, then started adding staff and things like that. So okay. um, the mobile part of it for me was the starting point. So do you primarily in your practice, are you from small animals? You said you had a, a family with a chicken uh, that came mm-hmm. in. I mean, do you go small to large? You just everything across the board or? Yeah, uh, pretty much okay. the only thing I don't see in my practice is primates. I've worked on everything from cats and dogs, horses, cows, white tailed deer, um, venomous snakes. Um, <laughs> I've switched up chickens and turkeys and um, yeah, so there's pretty much nothing that I haven't worked on. Is there, uh, do you have one of the strangest events that's occurred in your history of being a vet that was kind of weird or difficult or oh, unexpected or, um, uh, I mean, I've got a lot of crazy stories. Um, I'm trying to think of what the, one of the highlights would be. <laughs> um, I know we're working high. cows, you know, we got a jumper. There's always a jumper. There's always one cow that's going to do something or a steer, you <laughs> yeah. know. And I know in the dark, I was out feeding these steers. I was looking at the one I called a jumper, and I'm thinking, I'm taking you to the butcher because I'm tired of you jumping these. Uh, <laughs> hey, the, the big panels jumps the big panels. So uh, anyway, yeah, I know there's all. Hey, there's some good stuff. So let me ask you this. I think there's only one answer that you'll give, but do you love what you do? I absolutely love what I do. Yeah. Um, very fortunate to be where I am and have the clientele that I have and 
Um, I sincerely love 90% of my clientele and look forward to going and doing work for them. And um, every day is something different. I mean, and that, like yesterday, I spent four hours stitching up a kiff that got ripped up by a bull in their pasture. Um, oh, wow. So I'm going to post it on my Facebook page. So he ended up with over 100 sutures in him. It was huge. So it went from one side of his rib cage over his back to the other side of his rib cage. It was, yeah, it was gnarly. So. Hey, this is, uh, I'm not good with jokes and it's, it is kind of a funny story though. So my, my vet friend, he told me one time, he said, look, he said, uh, you can do this. You could sew something up, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. I said, uh, okay. And, uh, so he gave me some sutures because there's always something going on. He's, I think you can do it. So he showed me one time. I thought, well, I can do that, I guess. So uh, I get a call from another friend one time and he said, hey, you need to come on my house and help me. I said, why? Well, he said, I got a mule. I said, why are you calling me? He said, well, the mule's got a bad gas. I want you to sew it up. I said, why are you calling me? I said, call the vet. He said, I called the vet. He said, you had some sutures at your house. He said, call you. I said, I am not sewing up your mule. You know, anyway, uh, <laughs> it was funny. Another mule bit bit him. So it wasn't like a gas. It was like a chunk gone. Anyway, oh, so, oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, so I can't imagine. I can't imagine trying to stitch up a mule in the first place without sedation. I know I, that was it. That was, yeah. you know, and I'm like, look, you're going to call somebody that's a professional. You, we can't do this. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's funny, you know? So, Hey, thank you for what you do. And thank, uh, you. thank you for being on the podcast. Hey, if someone wants to uh, get in touch with you about your sure. clinic, about your practice, how's the best way to do that? Um, we're on Facebook, so you can go to um, search for Broken Oil Veterinary Services. Um, I post a lot of information on there from um, cases that I do to helpful information. Um, there was a while back that um, the American Equine Association, so AEP, had put out some info about foaling. So I shared that on my page just to give clients um, some information and reliable, reputable information and not what it said on that one Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> because okay. you get into a lot of situations like that. Well, Farmer Joe down the road said I needed to do this. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Farmer kind of Joe, my friends. My friends are, they're like that. Yeah. Hey, I heard we need to do this. I'm, I'm not sure yeah. about that. So. Yeah. So, but um, providing that, reliable information for clients so that they've got some place to go for that. Um, our clinic phone number is 870-557-8404. Um, so all of that information is on our Facebook page. We also have a website, which is brokenillvets.com. Um, and we'd love to hear from anybody. Or if you are struggling with something and you need somebody to reach out to, I'm definitely not a therapist, but I will be more than happy to help you find some of those resources. And um, kind of on a little different note, I had a client that committed suicide last year, um, was very heartbroken by it. So I'm actually working on um, something that I'm going to call the bathroom initiative. And what it's going to be is resources for um, people when they're in the bathroom because that is a private space. So you can pick up, um, we're gonna provide everything from mental health resources, addiction, um, human trafficking, um, some different things like that. So that's something that um, over this next year, I wanna get a website up and going and be able to provide those so that any business can go in and print out something and put it on the back of a bathroom stall. 
so that we can start trying to reach more people before they get to that, even that consideration of being suicidal. Oh, yeah. That is a great idea. Hey, Doc, too, I'll, I'll try to keep up with you on a uh, Facebook and your website. Whenever you do get that up and running, get that launched, let's get you back on the podcast again. Okay. And you can, you know, talk about that. And, uh, but also, to. too, oh, yeah. Yeah. We need to do that and get that information out there. So you also have an email address there at the clinic. What is it? Uh, what is it? It's, um, so it's a business name. It's Broken Hill Veterinary Services with the S at gmail.com. Okay. And so someone's out there and they go, man, hey, I listened to her. Great person. Uh, she. They may say, I've gone through some difficult times. So if they, they call your number, they'll get the clinic and then your, your yeah, people and then, will help set something up. Yeah, and then my staff will relay that. To yeah, me. they'll relay that to you. And then if they email, uh, then they can, uh, you, you may can respond back in an email and just uh, give them, sure. hey, here's some resources, stuff like that. So wow, sure, great, absolutely. great visit today, Dr. Smith. Well, thank, thank you. you. You have been so helpful. What a way, folks, what a way to have our 100th episode, Dr. Bland Smith, Broken L uh, Veterinary Services. Uh, she's serving the community, serving animals, uh, serving people everywhere, being very transparent, talking about uh, some of the hard things uh, in life. If you are out there and you are struggling and there's discouragement, maybe depression, maybe and some things Dr. Smith talked about. You think you're at the end. Uh, hey, we encourage you reach out. She's given all the information. We'll we'll drop that in the show notes, uh, and you can uh, find that. You can go to her website uh, and check that out. Reach out. Uh, you can reach out to us. Uh, we will also help you in any way we can. So again, thank you for joining us for our hundredth episode. Until next week, keep farming, uh, keep the faith, and so we'll be talking again about another subject next week. So see you back there. Have a great week. You've been listening to That Farm Life Podcast, planting hope, harvesting strength with your host, Archie Mason. That Farm Life Podcast is a creation of the Agri Health Network in conjunction with Grounded Faith Ministries, where we offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about who we are and what we do on our website at agrihealth.net. That's agrihealth, one word, dot net. Thanks for listening, and until next week, keep the faith.